0: It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear, plus my friends in the third row, and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we have a United States women's national team preview versus England. Big game coming up at Wembley Stadium in London. But we are also going to continue uh, some updates and reactions to the uh, U.S. soccer Sally Q. Yates investigation. So a quick reminder before we get into everything to watch all of our Attacking Third episodes, previews, recaps, interviews, reactions on YouTube. Subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. Hello to everyone joining us live. It's been a minute. And uh, how you doing today, Lisa? It's great to be back with you. It is so good to be back, especially because we have
0: international friendlies that we get to preview and talk about. And those are some of my favorite things, especially when it's world champions, the U.S. against European champions, England. Um, but there's been a lot of ongoing news oh, been yeah. uh, going on in Results of the Sally Q. Yates investigation results and all of that coming out. And we've had a lot of statements from players and coaches and everything like that. So it's it's good to kind of check back in on that. I know a lot of our listeners and people joining us live have, have questions about what's going on. So welcome everyone to the live. And if you're listening on podcasts later, uh, it's always great to to chat with you all. Um, but U.S. soccer this weekend, we got a lot to
2: dive into. Sandra, how are you yeah. doing? I'm doing about as good as can be expected, right? I, I rolled up here to this live because we, we've done an episode on, on sort of, um, you know, the, the Yates report that dropped um it, sort of a, a recollection of everything. If you need to get caught up on things, we have an episode out on that already on Attacking Third. So go go listen to it on your, you know, appropriate channels, whichever ones you want to use. Um, But we didn't go live for that one. So it's, it's, it's been like a little minute or, or two since we've actually gone on live yeah. and, and been able to like link up with each other and then honestly with- a little too emotional to go live. That was, yeah, so, that was so for us. That's the million dollar question, right? That everyone's sort of been asking, you know, right now in the space. It's like, how are you? How are you holding up? Like, how are things going? And and I don't I don't know if there's like an, a 100% like authentic answer to that. So I'll just try to be as authentic to myself as I can be and say not great. Mm -hmm. It's been really, really difficult to sort of um, reread a lot of a lot of the things that have come out um, in this in the CH report. You reported it's it's stemming from, you know, the 2021 that took place with with all of the investigative reporting that came out a year ago. Um, This report was spearheaded and commissioned because of that. So it's just a lot of, you know, reopening of of tragic Mm -hmm. uh, trauma and honestly, with, you know, new additional and expanded details. And it's very, very tough to sort of go through. You know, we've been putting content warnings on things, uh, you know, because of it. So, you know, just sort of an update on that, the report, the investigation results were released earlier this week on Monday, October the 3rd, uh, within the the findings stating, our investigation has revealed a league in which abuse and misconduct, verbal and emotional abuse and sexual misconduct had become systematic, spanning multiple teams, coaches and victims. So uh, within this report, ultimately confirming, I think some of the things that we have been talking about already, over the course of this past year. Within the report, many individual players, both current and former, have made statements, have you know issued their own reactions to the full report and findings of the investigation, um, including Manishim, Sinead Fairley, um, and recently Aaron Simon who uh, came forward as uh, an open and willing participant within these investigations, um, stating that this had gone on too long Mm -hmm. and that there were still people in positions of power that needed to be removed. So over the course of those first- and calling days, calling for hours, action. Those statements calling for action, saying it's time for action, accountability,
0: change, owners who've driven this culture of disrespect, um, have no place in this league, really calling it out explicitly in their statements.
2: You saw it like immediately after it, it dropped. So probably within that first, like I was saying, not even 48, like first 24 mm-hmm. to 36 hours, you saw everybody sort of you know reacting to it in, in in real time that it wasn't just um, it wasn't just the public who were you know sharing how horrified they were um, or sharing you know their shock or this dis- dismay in reading some of these things that you t- we're talking about um, many players like i said uh, current and former reacting to this uh, as well and when you have uh former players of the league who were part of this investigation um continuing to ensure that their voices are heard um you know making reactions making statements i think if we've learned nothing else over the course of the last year you got to pick your ears up and, and, yeah. and listen quite frankly so here like reading some like some of the reactions and statement from from players it's it's evident where they sort of feel the the kind of next steps need to to come from, and that is you know where we are sort of uh, yeah. three days later or so. Yeah, um,
0: and and it's not just NWSL players or former NWSL players or players involved in in former professional soccer leagues um, in the USL Championship League. Uh, Louisville Ledgehogs had a game yesterday at home, and the supporters group in Louisville put out. Tifos uh, displaying arrest Holly banners, and so this has spread not not just throughout the women's soccer world, but it's it's expanded farther to that because um, in Louisville, James O'Connor owns uh, both the Louisville USL club and Racing Louisville. So those supporters speaking out at the USL Championship match yesterday as well.
2: Yeah, it's 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 just very reflective of like some of the. <sighs> the reaction the landscape of reaction right now is 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 kind of highlighted in very like kind of three very specific areas so you've got supporters in portland you've got supporters you know of chicago red so you've got supporters of of racing louisville kind of also giving their reactions as well to this and and specifically those areas because those those teams are mentioned uh primarily in this report and its findings and, and the investigation around them is, is very, uh, yeah, it's a very, very difficult read to get through, but it's, it's, it's live in public for anyone who is looking to, to read the, the full report, um, and investigations, but, uh, not too surprising. Right. I think at this point to sort of see that, um, supporters groups in in these specific areas or of these specific teams are, uh, you know, wanting accountability, uh, Mm -hmm. quite frankly, post uh, post, you know, report uh, dropping. So um, it's uh, it's been very moving um, and hearing uh, from the players specifically throughout this time has also been uh, incredibly moving. And and over the course of of this phase where, where it feels like and looks like Um, people are looking for that next step of of accountability or responsibility. There have been, again, number of statements that have been dropped. So you've got players past and and former, both, uh, or excuse me, former and current, both like making these statements, but you've also got clubs making a variety of statements as well. I I believe about roughly half of the league's club or or so have, have made some statements Um, and out of Portland and Chicago, uh, specifically, you have multiple statements that have been made. So uh, there were specific statements from ownership out of those franchises. Merritt Paulson, mm-hmm. owner of, you know, both Portland Timbers and Portland Thorns released a statement uh, individually in his own sort of s- speaking of next steps, saying that he was going to be stepping away from Thorns related matters. You have had one from um, Arnold Whistler of Chicago Red Star's saying that he was going to remove himself from the NWSL board of governance and then you had additional statements dropping from the both of those franchises just yesterday on Wednesday at the time of, of this recording on October 5th with further steps um you know to to you know let the public know that they were trying to take so uh in additional statements out of Wednesday from portland saying that gavin wilkinson and mike Gulov have uh mm-hmm. you know been removed from from their uh positions uh, with thorns so you're talking about you know M- gavin wilkinson and president of soccer ops michael love president of, of business operations of both soccer teams are you know apparently no longer with the club at this point the the wording i think uh Folks are kind of fixated on it at the moment. Perhaps it wasn't, you know, I don't believe the words "fired" or "terminated" um, were actually uh, used, but "relieved of duties" um, was sort of the phrasing that that was used. So, folks are, I think, in honestly, are reacting to that in in the best way that they can. Um, I think folks are are still sort of uh, looking for more. Quite yeah. frankly uh, out of those areas.
0: I mean, supporters have, have spoken. Uh, that's yeah, we're seeing protests. Yeah. Outside yeah of, protests are maybe. happening and, and the Chicago supporters group putting out statements and, and putting up fights, um, racing Louisville club releasing a statement saying, uh, we apologize to Aaron Simon after they, uh, declined to cooperate in the Yates investigation. Um, so it's, they're, they're commending her bravery, Aaron Simon's bravery and apologizing to her. But, um, that that's, fr- it's very frustrating to me. That yeah. statement from racing Louisville was incredibly frustrating for me to read when they say that, um, we commend Aaron for her bravery and coming forward as part of the soccer investigation when the club themselves didn't even participate in the
2: investigation. Yeah. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And, and quite frankly, um, you know, the players reacting to that statement as well. You know, Tyler Griever reporting out of out of Louisville, um speaking with Louisville players, you know, mm-hmm. Amina Ekich, mm-hmm. uh Juliashi, Taylor Otto, former players, right? And Juliasi and Jordan Balcom. You know, so you got, you know, having interviews with a mix of both, you know, current and former players and, um, you know, their reactions to the statement. Quite frankly, the players once more, you know, leading the way on this saying, quite frankly, it's, it's not enough or it doesn't feel like enough to sort of have that type of um, blanketed uh, statement mm-hmm. um, to just be, uh, to just be placed out there. Um, Chicago Red Stars, similarly to, to Portland Thorns, um, reducing, releasing a second update, a second statement on, on behalf of their franchise. Um, Wednesday evening, uh, the Chicago Red Stars board of directors, Released the announcement saying that they voted to remove Arnum Whistler as chairman of the board, uh, essentially to transition him out of his board seat immediately, with the Chicago Red Stars, and to codify his removal from any further participation with either the club or board operations. So this comes just a day after Whistler's individual statement saying that he would have removed himself from NWSL board of governance operations. So it just, it sort of felt like multiple steps back, uh, -hmm. local media in Chicago. Uh, we were told in February that uh, a sort of uh, internal step back had already taken place within the club. And, um, primarily chief business officer Becky lynch uh was going to be handling uh day-to-day things mm-hmm. uh and this was again back back in february so then it was a little bit curious as to how uh an additional step back was going to differ from the step back that already took place by whistler so perhaps they were at the time thinking day-to-day versus mm-hmm. governance matters are two different things let's make this statement but here again It it almost wasn't even a full 24 hours. It just sort of felt like 18 hours or so. Um, The board of governors taking that additional step. So uh, reaction to the news was just still a little bit, you know, what does it all mean? Um, I reached out for clarity from uh, to the Chicago Red Stars communications, and they further clarified that the board of directors wants to help facilitate a sale of Arnhem's shares in a timely process, which is both prudent and when complete, can lead Red Stars players, coaches and front office staff to a better future. Uh, I also just wanted to get additional uh, clarification Um, around the the board of uh, directors, because I will say that um, you know there's there wasn't necessarily like a, their board of directors that they were hiding, but on the Chicago Red Stars website, it's it, they're titled very differently. They're they're listed on the Chicago Red Red Stars website as the board of managers and advisory board and co chair So essentially, yes, yeah, so that, that I got confirmation that yes, that is the um, the ultimately the board of directors. So it's uh consisted of, uh, you know, six folks on on the board of directors. Uh, five of the, of the members of that board are, uh, part of the new wave of investorship that came in 2021, uh, and one of the board members, um, is an original um, co-founder of. The Chicago Red Stars, who has been investing in, in the Chicago Red Stars since um, 2007 and ultimately mm-hmm. helped to, to find them. So uh, definitely a mix. Right. Um, so it's something it's, it's like phase one. When this news dropped, it just sort of almost felt like um, phase one. And this is where it sort of feels like there's just a constant re like hitting of the reset button. It's like here's the here's one step, and then it's like okay, here's the first step, and then it's like okay, here's the first step again. So it's almost like, you know, this is this all still very new and still very fresh, and I think there's still a lot of reaction to it um, that's still yet to come. And um, quite frankly, part of what came out of out of this re- report, these investigative findings, is how there wasn't the infrastructure in place for accountability to begin yeah. with. So here we are now uh still sort of having having these conversations of how to how to have accountability when the infrastructure accountability never existed so there's um So, so
0: like these owners um higher up executives that are involved and that knew about misconduct that was happening and and helped cover it up helped facilitate it in some senses there's no guidelines set in the nwsl in the league in these specific clubs to say hey if you violate these policies um you are fired. You are immediately removed. Your your name goes up in a billboard in the city. There's <laughs> nothing like that. So yeah. there's nothing like that written. So these clubs and, and the league right now um, are, are scrambling to figure out what to do. And I think that's why a lot of these statements took a little bit of time to come out because it wasn't like, okay, your names are in this investigation report. You're immediately fired because that's not written anywhere. And as owners of some of these clubs, you um, it, we saw it uh, – Sandra, you and I talked about this. We saw it with Washington Spirit last year and Steve Baldwin yeah. and Michelle Kang. You cannot force someone to sell a club because there's nothing written about that. Despite yeah. violating policies, you cannot force someone to sell uh, their ownership stake in a club. So that's – I think that's kind of what – um Everyone's looking ahead to now after these statements have come out and people have been removed from their positions of power in in terms of Chicago and Arnham Whistler being removed from as chairman of the Red Stars board. But he's still a part owner and and, um, still has a say or or at least some type of hand in the pot at Chicago.
2: I'm curious if, you know, with the follow up of that and and, and that the board wants to help facilitate a sale of Whistler's shares that if it's, you know, a bit of a a mutual agreement at this point, I think, you know, I think it's important that you bring up the example of the Washington spirit, you know, we, we saw, you know, year long interfighting between that ownership group throughout 2021. And it ultimately escalated um, to the point where, you know, there were the, the NWSL Board of Governance did get involved. There was a hearing in place. Mm-hmm. You know, both parties were, were listened to. Um, and then ultimately, a resolution had to take place amongst the Washington Spirit ownership group. Um, and I think this next phase, I think people are looking for, um, you know, those those next areas of accountability. Um, what does that look like? And what does that mean? And our owners who are releasing statements saying how much they love the club and how much they love the team and how devastated they are or filled with sorrow. Mm -hmm. Are they actually going to put, not their money, but their feeling and what's left of their heart into action and do what's best for these clubs, are they going to engage in, you know, is this a, is what's coming out of Chicago right now specifically um, an opportunity for one last collaborative effort? You know, mm-hmm. is is Whistler interested in uh, moving forward, you know, in, in, in finding, uh, you know, a sale of uh, a shares in a timely process um, that would you know, essentially help the Chicago Red Stars Club moving forward? Does that, does that mean uh, they are invested in, in ensuring that the Chicago Red Stars stay the Chicago Red Stars? You know, what does all that mean? I think those are the next things that people are going to be looking at and paying attention to. Part of this investorship group that came in um, was touted so loudly as uh, many people who had ties to the city of Chicago. Uh, and what does that mean? for this team moving forward. So I think uh, that's something that we'll be keeping an eye on um, as these statements that are coming out now sort of have uh, components, we'll just say components of of responsibility and accountability attached to them, but they don't have actual conclusions just yet. So we will keep an eye on that moving forward because as always, the news cycle is endless, but um, it doesn't end there. There, there has been, there has been um, reaction from players yep. as well in the buildup to this game against the United States women's national team and England. Yeah, the, I mean, there's
0: media, avail- there, there's media availability, and the media are are asking these players about them, whether directly involved, indirectly or involved, saying like asking them about this situation and and what their thoughts are on it, how they are affected by it, what their thoughts are, how they're finding joy in these moments, um, what the vibe is around the team. And and these are all great questions by the media to kind of gauge the understanding of what these players are going through um, despite being on the national team and and perhaps their names not being in the report, but they're all still affected by this playing in this league for so many years and,
2: and under these coaches. We're going to get into uh, some of their statements, uh, some of the players' reactions ahead of the match against England at Wembley Stadium uh, right after a quick break.
1: Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
3: but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to vioricom slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.
2: Let's look ahead a little bit to United States women's national team versus England. You've got USA versus the Lionesses. You've got the reigning 2019 World Cup champions going up against the European champions, um, And it's tough. It's tough to come on here, Lisa, and say, hey, let's talk about a soccer game uh, when all of this is going on. And quite frankly, that seems to be the case coming out of of camps and and trainings and media days out of England right now uh, as well. There has been some, as you mentioned, uh, media availability. Uh, around this game specifically with uh, both teams, both the United States women's national team and England uh, women's national team. And um, what has been in the front of all of this has been the EH report that has dropped. We have heard from uh, Becky Sauerbrunn and Alana Cook. And and now as recently as this morning, stateside uh, Megan Rapino, and, um, these players have echoed the sentiment that persons who have been in positions of power, whether they be, uh, owners, members of ownership, uh, people with roles at the executive level or U S soccer officials, uh, should be removed, should be gone, should be removed from their roles. Um, within within women's soccer. And um, I think in that very first episode where we were sort of talking about all of this, Lisa, and sort of just sort of running through the first reactions of this report dropping, we had wondered, you know, what those next steps were going to look and or feel like. And while clubs or franchises or U.S. soccer or the league are navigating those things for themselves, it sounds like the players are making it quite clear what they feel those next steps and accountability should look like and what they should entail.
0: Yeah, I mean, Megan Rapino, uh, one of the voices that um, explicitly calling for uh, accountability, Black uh, Wendanowski and Pino doing media availability actually this morning, right before we went live. Um, but Rapino saying, quote, I don't think Merritt Paulson is fit to be the owner of the Portland Thorns. I don't think Arnim Whistler is fit to be the owner of Chicago. And uh, very explicitly stating her her remarks on that, um, even in terms of, of talking about the Spanish Federation and the U.S., heading to Spain to play them in just a few days' time after this England match, saying, um, if we show up, we're in support of the players. We're not supporting the Spanish Federation. We we support the players. And I think that's the overwhelming um, uh, result and the overwhelming, like, speech from all of these players is that they're supporting one another. They all want change. They are all doing this together, arm in arm. Yeah. No, it was a a
2: lot of... um, A lot of... um vulnerability, we'll just say, I think, and in honesty, you know, from these players, you know, being asked um or in fielding these questions, you know, by media in, in in the best way that they can. Um, you know, Crystal Dunn at one point uh mentioning how how difficult it is to actually feel joy while yeah. competing. Um in the Jersey at this moment, uh, Becky Sauerburn opening her media statements, um, saying we're going to be asked about this a lot. So we'll just tell you now we are not okay. We're not doing well that the, you know, the team is, is struggling at this moment. Um, and Alana cook just echoing that saying that it should not, it should no longer fall on the players. And it just has continued uh, to do that at this point. Um, but Megan Rapinoe today also giving additional uh, perspective as well, sort of um, looking at the match ahead just a little bit and saying how those types of moments are moments that you really wake up for as a as a player at this level. The the just the idea of of playing against um, an English side that is really at really peaking at at, at their prime right now. And doing that on their turf and playing yeah, at a at a facility like um, like Wembley is, is something that she is excited for and leaning into um, a bit. So I'm I am curious um, as to what we will see, um, you know, in terms of the solidarity and support around that match. Like leading up up to the match, Rapinoe um, has been clear that uh, the biggest platform that the United States has is actually on the pitch uh, and that, uh, you know, Lucy Bronze has also uh, spoken out on this as well and has said that, you know, there are ongoing conversations about how these two teams can continue to to show uh, solidarity uh, moving ahead into uh, the game. But um, we will be keeping an eye on that in the lead up to to kick off. And I'm curious as to, uh, you know, the players who will specifically get to, you know, participate in those things, because typically you have um, two starting 11s take the pitch Mm -hmm. um, in in this game. So let's maybe pivot to that a little bit. What could we possibly see? Who can we see uh, lacing them up come Friday, whether it's for England or the United States? Let's talk uh, about the opposition a little bit, Lisa. There are some updates to the roster Players uh who won't necessarily you know be part of, of this big historic game.
0: Yeah, I think um some of the news dropping from the English side of this in terms of player availability, the, the biggest one coming out, Alicia Russo pulling out of the England squad um for, for just a small injury, but the the forward will return back to Manchester United um and and rehab there. She actually missed uh one or two of the last club games that United played. So she pulled out, and then there was no replacement called in. But also, Leah Williamson, the captain of the English side, she left camp just the other day due to an injury. Um, so, uh, because of that, and and Lucy Parker also missing out due to injury, there has been some call ups um, for the English side. But 23 players for the the England side coming into this camp, as as they also have two matches, one against the U.S. and then the Czech Republic as the U.S. plays against England and then they go to Spain to play. But there's been a player rotation on both sides of it due to injury. Um, for for the United States players, a lot of them competing in the NWSL towards the end of this season. It's a long regular season as they head into the postseason and, and due to that, some nicks and injuries. We knew Alex Morgan was not called into this camp due to injury. Taylor Corniak, a midfielder with the San Diego Wave, initially called in to this roster for Black Wendonofsky but uh, ruled out due to injury she was replaced by racing Louisville rookie Jalen Howell stepping into the roster and then most recently Mallory Pugh um, ruled out of the friendlies um, just the other day and Pugh will not be replaced so 23 players for both sides heading into this this fixture that is tomorrow night at Wembley I think the the vibes around Wembley are um it's it's electric for both sides even in these these press conferences despite all the somber conversation about somber and serious conversation about the investigations into US soccer and the NWSL even Megan Rapinoe stating like this is one of the biggest games this is one of the biggest friendlies because it's a sold out friendly at Wembley not on american soil world champions against european champions this is a huge match this is a huge yeah. match
2: yeah i think i think in terms of like It's a, it's a big match in terms of like the event that it is, Mm -hmm. you know, like in the timing of it, you've got, you know, USA coming off of, of their CONCACAFW championship. You've got England coming off of their Euros championship, uh, World Cup qualification secured um it's funny to think at one point this game was still a little bit slightly in limbo right they announced the date for it but they said it would be determined on whether or not England's september qualification matches um you know went the way they had planned and it did thankfully so uh, yes I would agree that it's that it's big in terms of the event and magnitude of it um But obviously, with all of the current news and reporting um, around uh, women's soccer in the United States, it has a little bit of, I think, of of a different um, heavy emphasis on actual results. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been hearing that it's a little bit, it's it's much more different than what we, uh, than I think people were anticipating just a few months before people were looking at this as, as, as like a measuring bar as, as a level, um, that there was going to be the opportunity to sort of, you know, size up these two teams against each other. Uh, I know for me personally as someone in the space covering it. Uh, I personally have a little bit less emphasis, uh, emphasis on that. Um, I'm not about to be out here, um, you know, heavily critiquing a player's performance in light of having to be re-traumatized yeah, yeah. Uh, by something. Uh, so I think hearing that specifically from these players, hearing that from uh, the coaching staff and Vlako Adonofsky, uh as well, um, it's been repeated a few times over these last two media availabilities that there is far less of an emphasis on the result in this game. And it very much is going to be about the experience and the opportunity in front of them. So with that being said, though, uh, talking a little bit about this, knowing who's going to be available and knowing who's not going to be available, Lisa, I think it's time to maybe put a little bit of a wish list together. What would you maybe like to see out of this game on the United States side? I think I know I've already said, uh, I think it's, it's Trinity Rodman's time to shine. How about you? What do you think?
0: I sure hope it's, it's Rodman's time to shine because when you look at the, the forward group and even the midfield group for this U S side, um, it's definitely not as deep as it was maybe heading into the conference W championship where we didn't see Rodman get significant minutes or a rally really minutes at all um, so without Pew, without Alex Morgan, um, there's still Ashley Hatch, Megan Rapino, Trinity Rodman, Sophia Smith, and then Alyssa Thompson, the, the 17-year-old high schooler coming into this one. But when, when you look at that front line, of course, we, we've talked about Rose Lavelle putting her into that front line. Ashley Sanchez can play deeper 10 role or, or withheld nine role. I think we could see that rotation coming in. Uh, but between this front line, I hope Rodman gets significant minutes as well. Um, but it, I think Hatch as really the true number nine in this scenario is a little bit interesting because it's not the same number nine that an Alex Morgan would play. I could even see Sophia Smith playing in the nine um, in this front line for Black-Wanonofsky because she can play that role with Rodman out on the wing. So, So maybe... Maybe a Megan Rapino, Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman front line with Smith in the middle, Rodman out right, and Pino out left. I could see that as a starting 11. I think in the midfield when we look at some of the the other players brought in with Coffee and Demello um I hope Coffee gets time she she deserves it she played in the W championship she's done incredibly well for Portland I think this is a player that you continuously bring in and if you want her to be part of the fold you give her significant minutes um but but that's that's my front line prediction to start it we'll see about Megan Rapinoe that, that that's she could be a, a, 50, a 75th minute sub coming in off the bench, but I think it'll be Pino Smith and Rodman up front to start.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't disagree um, with any of that. I, I think um, while I'm, while I'm eager to, to see Rodman against a team like England, which I anticipate that we will, I just don't know if it's going to be um, over the course of a full 90 minutes or off the bench, quite frankly. Um, and I'm not um, really swayed one way or the other. I just would like to see <laughs> it, period. You know, that's just sort of where I'm at <laughs> on it. Um, and I guess maybe I should edit that. Like, maybe, like, I want to see it, and I want to see a good chunk of time. I don't want to see, like, Rodney yeah. come in and close out, like, you know, four minutes of stoppage time. That I don't yep. want to see. I mean, um, getting
0: the start for her, though, like, that's that's pretty big. It, it hasn't been done consistently under Vlachowenonofsky. So if... But but when you look at someone, uh, the comparison between a Rodman and a Thompson, I think Rodman deserves it over Thompson. But I still want to see Thompson get time. The why bring her in if you're not going to give her time, especially against the European champions?
2: Yeah, no, I mean it's it's something to to think about or sort of you know um, highlight a little bit going going into this match. But you know even with with the backline too. Like I think I think it's always exciting to to get the chance to to. Um, think about which attackers are, are going to get, you know, the, the star or the time in a, in a big game like this. Um, but I think defensively too is, is there's a lot of oh, excitement yeah. around that as well. I mean, like uh, what are we, like, are we going to see cook? Are we going to see Girma you know, handling things in that center back duo against England. And if they do, how, how will they fare against them? Um, somebody like a Sofia Huerta, you know, getting the opportunity against uh, you know, England's uh, team, you know, there's it's tough, you know, sort of trying to nail down their attackers as well um, and being able to sort of see how uh, she embraces that, that type of, of challenge, because she is typically uh, that we've been seeing her as a typical fullback that they want, they want to see her getting higher in the attack. Yeah. So how are they going? How is she going to be handling, um, you know, a, a, game, a game like that? And I think a big question mark is Crystal Dunn. She's back on
0: the roster. Yeah. Um, I don't think she'll get a start against England. Um, just kind of getting back into the fold. I think we'll see Emily Fox in that left back position. But I hope Dunn gets time in this first match. And if she's playing in the left back role, I hope we we see it in this one. If she's playing elsewhere on the field, I mean, that's TB- TBD. That'll be determined when when she subs in for maybe a more of an attacking player and we see that rotation, but I doubt it. I, I think Fox will get the start in the back line. I frankly would love to see Naomi Gurma and, and Sauerbrunn get the start against England. It's no knock against Alana Cook. I just think that in domestic play, Naomi Gurma has been... Phenomenal, phenomenal, outplaying um, veterans in this league, outplaying anyone that comes against her defensively, being able to stop. um. Okay,
1: picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better